podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by Manscaped. Manscaped are the leading authority uh, for all things to do with men's hygiene. Uh, Manscaped have just released a performance package, which is the ultimate hygiene bundle. And included within the package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system it also has proprietary skin safe technology which helps prevent nicks snags and tugs in those delicate little holes the bundle also includes the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer which is the best trimmer you can possibly use for your balls butt and body and also involved within that two free gifts i can't believe how much is in this um, including the manscape boxers and the shed travel bags in order to get this brilliant bargain and get 20% off in free shipping with the code RANGERS, R-A-N-G-E-R-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with the free shipping at manscaped.com and use RANGERS as your code when checking out. What are you waiting for? Go back your weeds and make sure that your balls look great during the process. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Extra. This is your little preview show as we look forward to uh, the weekend's Rangers action. Uh, glad to be back after a little hiatus because of international football. And uh, joining me is the gaffer himself, David. Uh, firstly, let me wish you a very, very happy birthday. Thank you very much, Cameron. Uh, yeah, not, not a special one or anything. Uh, I think most people... My age, understand that as you get older, it's uh, just really hard on your birthday. But thank you nonetheless. Listen, you're special to me, therefore your birthday's special. Oh, and that's the most you. important I, thing. And, I appreciate and I, that. I felt that the most important thing I could do would be to bother you by asking you onto the update. So, um, But no, it's no, always no, good, no, it's no, always no, good no, to have can, you. And can I just wish our podder, Alan Bradley, a happy 70th birthday? He's not 70, is he? He looks it. Well, I thought he was much, much older than that. Right, OK. Listen, let's get cracked into it because we are dying to talk about the Rangers. We've had uh, far oh, too long. Oh. International... You all right? Two weeks. International yeah. break. <laughs> <laughs> I was panicking there. I was like, oh, my God, how bad do you think it's no, actually I... been? You've just couched over in your chair. Uh, but... I'm, real, I'm just happy. Um, oh. You know, nothing, nothing against international football. If, if you're into it, it's fantastic. Um, and like everybody else, I enjoy a Euros or a World Cup. But uh, yeah, the old days of international football, I didn't mind. You know, when the players went away on the Tuesday and were back on the Thursday, and it was one game. That that was cool. No problem with that. Nobody bothered when it was that. No, you're, that that's true. That's true. To be fair, however, I, I think it would be remiss of us, David, to like. Not to congratulate Scotland to be able to get through to, to next Definitely. year's Euros. So a big congratulations to the national team. But we are here to talk about Rangers coming back. And uh, a bit of a doozy, David, in terms of uh, a fixture that we could come back to be able to play. Now, we take on Aberdeen at uh, noon on Sunday. And the game is on Sky Sports and also available for um, RTV for virtual season ticket uh, holders. Um I think it's it's fair to say um, a big game on, on certainly our fixture list, the biggest game on Aberdeen's fixture list, because let's face it, they always love playing against us. And, you know, they have four cup finals a season and this is one of them. Um, all joking aside, Aberdeen took a point off Celtic at Pataudry. Uh We can have a laugh about brain farts by Shane Duffy as much as we like, but 
The simple fact is that um, it will give them a degree or a modicum of hope because, let's face it, they never take anything off of Celtic. We know that they'll be motivated um, against us. Uh, how are you? How are you feeling about the game first and foremost? Because I'm kind of getting deja vu of of the Kilmarnock fixture, and we always kind of started to kind of get our um, arse-making buttons when we come across big fixtures that we know domestically are going to be uh, challenging. Um, are you confident? Are you worrying a little bit? Where are you at at the moment? No, I'm really confident. Um, I, certainly nowhere near as, as kind of, right, okay, focus uh, as I was for Kilmarnock because uh, so many elements about rugby part, you know, the pitch, the, the way Kilmarnock line up is, has been... Really difficult for us to get through. That's not to say that Aberdeen won't um, at the weekend. You know what you're going to get from Aberdeen, but maybe it was you know just growing up in the period I did when Aberdeen would come to Ibrox a lot and and leave pretty much uniform well uniformly for 26 years with nothing. So maybe it's that. But uh, at the moment, this Rangers team before the break was just playing such wonderful football and they were meeting challenges and they were rising to challenges uh, from from the back line all the way up to the front so I, I was loving watching us at the moment I was really enjoying watching us so the break really did come at a kind of inopportune time however yeah you can't you can't underrate Aberdeen's ability I mean we only need to look at the the last game that we played them at Ibrox a 0-0 draw because they came that's what they'll come with Again, if they can nick a goal, fantastic. But uh, they will come and they will try and frustrate us. Uh, they will be defensive. They they are a big side. They're physical. They've got a threat at set pieces. And you, you can't underrate them going into the game. One of the things, though, that I think has been different this season is that I actually think that Rangers at times in the last couple of seasons, Cammy, might have overrated opposition teams. And I don't mean this that I want Rangers to be disrespectful, but almost felt that we were going to get sucked into a battle and forgot to play our football. Because, you know, these teams will be able to match you physically. Um, you can't be the best player in the world, but you can be as fit as the best player in the world. You know, that that's, that's just a challenge for the individual. They'll match our physicality, they'll match our fitness. We know that. It's your skill that will win you the games. It's having better players. Whereas this season, Rangers have gone out, I think, more often with the attitude of we're we're good players. And it's not an arrogance. It's just a, a confidence of if we do what we're good at, we'll get the point. And I think that's enabled us to play our game more often and avoid being sucked into to games that suit opposition sides more. Um, Europe aside, David, this is one of the big games that we've, we've had to face at home this season. Um, you've been fortunate enough to be to be able to attend the games as, as part of a press access at Heart and Hand. Um, my feeling is that the benefit, if any, can be sought from playing behind closed doors, is that there won't be a degree of nervousness permeating from the stands. Now, don't get me wrong, that's a double-edged sword because in some instances, uh, you know, players can be motivated by that. You can go out, you can play your game, you won't have that degree of nerves because the fans will back you. But when the fans are nervous, it, it transmits onto the park. One thing which I think will be very interesting on Sunday will be how the players set out and, you know, as you say, if Aberdeen try to keep it close-knit, you're right, they are obviously very physical, so there'll probably be a few decent challenges going in. Let's, let's maybe be a bit diplomatic. But there probably won't be a nervousness, which I think that will mean that if, you know, chances don't come our way in the opening period of the game, that we'll then start to kind of get ourselves into a bit of a tizzy. We can 
create the chances, we can recycle, we can try again, we can come back. And it's just a case of making sure that we stay to that game because that's been very successful for us this season where we know that we've had teams that will try to compound us, that will try to frustrate us. And I think Aberdeen will do that because, as you say, not only will they be motivated, but a point is, is, you know, as good as three for them. Do you think that that will also help us in terms of, you know, just phasing our way into the game and not feeling as if, you know, we've got to put them out of sight by 25 minutes? I, I agree totally with what you said, that it's it's a double-edged sword because there are times that this nervousness factor that, that, that can transmit from the stands isn't there and that benefits the players. But then there are also times when the players would look to the crowd to get roared on and that's not there either. Um, it, it's a peculiar feeling. I, I'm you know very privileged to be there, but it is a peculiar feeling that I still haven't got used to that the ball goes in the net and... Nothing, nothing. You know, cheers of yeah. cheers of the players and, and and the management team, and and that's it. Um, and it, it, that must be bizarre for the players as well. But Stephen Gerrard spoke about that a couple of weeks ago before Benfica. They said that the players are used to it by now. Um, it is what it is. You've just got to get on with it. It it, it can be a benefit on certain occasions. I think that if the side aren't playing particularly well, but equally at Ibrox, I think that. Although we can be negative as a support at times, sometimes that does shift the players up a gear, you know. And and sometimes when they're not maybe at it in terms of tempo, I think that the the growls from the crowd kind of warn them <laughs> that they need to up it a gear. So it it can work either way. What I think you're seeing a, a fair bit in, in Scottish football this season is, and this is not universal because you just need to look at how crazy the, the EPL has been this season, but in Scotland, mainly it's the team with the better players are winning the match. Right the way down the league, not just Rangers. You know, the Hibs, have, when you look at their squad, you would expect them to be where they are. Aberdeen, when you look at their squad, you would expect them to be where they are. And I think that that's, that's been what's happening. Sides that that maybe are struggling then a little bit are finding it difficult to to get going because they don't have the crowd backing. So I can understand that. But but mainly I think it's just come down to the fact that you know, Rangers do have better players than than every team in the league. So Rangers are going out there, they are composed, they are um confident, which is huge. Uh you, you know, you can tell that this is a well a well drilled Rangers team. I think as well that we've seen the last few weeks the the squad depth has been huge. For example, Ryan Jack just played for Scotland on the Wednesday. He played two of the three internationals. He was superb. I thought he was Scotland's best player um, uh, on Wednesday night, and he was superb the week before as well. But I think that he could be rested at the weekend if need be. Um, Stephen Davis uh, obviously withdrew from the Northern Ireland squad for personal reasons, so he could be rested. It, you know that wasn't the case really even a year ago. That if we were to miss. You know, nobody would be panicking if Rangers started at the weekend with a midfield of Kamara, uh, Aribo and Arfield because it's been playing so well. Nobody would panic about that. That's a big difference. You know, we can bring Kamara Roof in for this match to play on the right-hand side. We can bring in, um, you know, various players across different positions. Liam Balligan at the back, Calvin Bassey. We haven't had this strength and depth for a long, long time. And I think that, well, as we as we can, we'll come back to to squad in just a second. But it's a it's a confidence factor. We've we've absolutely demolished Hamilton 
um, which kind of just almost felt as if it was bordering on a kind of mercy killing at some oh, point. Was, yeah, I, I um, felt I'd witnessed an assault at the end of it, and I don't think <laughs> yeah. I was the only one. But you mentioned before when we were when we were talking, um, you know, on the on the various uh, post match uh, shows that we were doing on the on the Patreon network, that there was a ruthlessness from the manager and from some of the players in terms of making sure that momentum, you know, was maintained. My hope is, and, you know, from what you've seen firsthand, that we can replicate that and go straight back into that on Sunday because even at, you know, 7-0, we're not happy. And I think that, whilst I, you know, would love to think that we can <laughs> we could beat Aberdeen 8-0 on Sunday, um, my hope is that we come straight back into that that mode, that that ethos, if you will, of, you know, that's fine. Glad to see that players have been rested. Yes, some of you have had more of an international obligation than others. So there is probably a likelihood of being able to try and rotate people round. I think the lack of international football for Scott Arfield has been one of the reasons as to why he's done so well, um, you know, across the, the course of his involvement so far this season. But that's a mentality, David. We need to be able to get back into that, um, as I say, just that mindset of, no, we are here and we are, you know, there's blood in the water, let's go. Uh, any concerns that that would be difficult for the team to be able to try and get back into from the, the first whistle? Well, yeah, I'm always wary, um, and I think a lot of fans are, that after the international break, that you might be a little bit slow out the tracks. But it can work both ways, because we've got important players such as Tav, such as Connor Goldson, such as Ryan Kent, who, who don't. So they can have two weeks to to recharge the batteries and focus in on the next match. So I think you need to look at it in a positive sense from that point of view. And then you'll have guys, you know, like Ryan Jack and, and other players buzzing after their international break because they achieved something something special, you know. Um, Glenn Kamara played as, as Finland beat France, for crying out loud. I mean, that's got to, in France, <laughs> you know, that the world champion. So that's got to, to, to send you back full of confidence as well. Um yeah, I, I, again, I mean, with Rangers, it's always, for me, it doesn't matter what era we're talking about, it's tempo, it's can you get after the game really quickly. Aberdeen are not going to give us the space Hamilton gave us, that's just a fact, they're not They're not going to do that. They are very good at closing down space and making you work for everything that you get. But Rangers now, I think, have got enough creative players uh, who are on well, which helps. To, to hurt them in different areas. And if you keep asking those questions over 90 minutes, it takes a really really top performance at the other end to to keep you out. I think that has helped uh, a great deal as well, that we now can hurt teams from so many different areas. You've got the full-backs, you've got the midfielders, you've got different types of midfielders. You know, Joe Aribo's a guy who's good with the ball at his feet. Scott Arfield times he runs into the box fantastically. Up front, Kamar Roof drops in between the you know in between the lines, which makes it... And that's a really useful option when teams in Scotland want to have a rigid defensive structure, him dragging players out of that. Then you've got Alfie Kent, you know, Hadji, who can play a killer pass. So we have a lot more options, and that means that rather than, you know, some of the, the matches against Aberdeen that we can think of under under Steven Gerrard, where we have performed poorly or lost, there were times where the options were get it wide and cross or give it to Alfie. And, I, you know, that, that means Aberdeen can set for that. And that means that Aberdeen can, right, this is all they've really got to offer, so this is what we need to do. It's different when you've got six or seven different options that you've got to watch. Well, two players who definitely uh, won't be taking part, although the probability was was fairly low, will be Jordan Jones and George Edmondson, who uh, yesterday uh, were given a seven-match ban due to uh, breaching uh, COVID-19 regulations. Um 
David, I think um, a seven-game ban, you know, I think we could have probably um, have called the fact that it was going to be uh, uh, an increased measure from the ones that have kind of previously been handed out, ball and goalie, the Aberdeen players, because, you know, the, the landscape has shifted. We are not in the same scenario that we've been in when those particular parties were, were given their own individual sanctions. Uh, they were not going to be involved. I think we kind of know that pretty much the two of them right now within... The, the, the squad and within the management team are pretty much persona non grata, but they will not play, well, be eligible for selection until the game against St Mirren on the 30th of December, at the very least. Um, I think at this point, uh, we've kind of discussed, I think, as well, in terms of the, the, the likelihood of those guys being involved. I don't know in terms of Edmondson was kind of moving further and further down the, the pecking order. Um, with Balligan coming in, with Hellander obviously coming back from injury, that has certainly torpedoed his chances now. Uh, Jones played, you know, very, very well when he had his opportunity. I think you and I both uh, gave him tons of praise for that, absolutely correctly. An absolute lapse in um, sensible thinking by the two of them. I fully support the decision in terms of what's happened to them in terms of uh, the by the, the club. Almost, almost removal of of you know the, the the kind of interaction by the club, but now the SFA have come in with official sanctions. I don't have any complaints. I genuinely don't. I will have a complaint, however, if there is a further breach down the line by one you know of any player of any of the clubs, but it doesn't follow this and it doesn't follow the same setup. But right now, I think we just have to to take our medicine. Yeah, I think the the initial. When you first heard that, I think the initial reaction, certainly mine's, was, well, hang on a minute, Bolton goalie got, you know, five games, two suspended. The Aberdeen players got three games all suspended. So what's changed? And then, of course, you realise, you think about it a wee bit and you go, well, the fact is that it did change. It changed after the Bolton goalie incident because Scottish football was, you know, famously by by the, the Scottish executive given a, a yellow card, as they put it. And I think it was always the case then that players were going to be punished more severely in the future because one of the things that happened after these two incidents came quite quickly was that you know some players, and certainly the players' union, said that the rules were confused and that players weren't quite sure what they were able to do and what they weren't able to do. And what happened then was that players were, the rules were tightened, players were made all players, you know, not not just Rangers players, were made to watch a, a Zoom call with, I think, um, Scottish executive people, and it was hammered home to them. So it did change. Uh, it really is that simple. Uh, that, rightly or wrongly, it it was a more serious offence post ball and goalie than it was pre ball and goalie, and that's why they've been punished. So once I'd sort of calmed down and looked at it rationally, then I was. Yeah, okay. But as you say, that then means, though, that, you know, nothing has changed because of this incident. The players did know they've been hammered for it. If it happens to a Hibs or a Motherwell or a St Mirren player or whatever, then it needs to be the same. Um, It absolutely has to be the same punishment. Because of the nature of, you know, SFA justice, it is arbitrary. It does seem to be random at times that, that there's always going to be these grey areas and, and room. But for me, I think, okay, you know, seven games, reasons explained, that's fine. But if it happens again, then then somebody needs to do it. I don't think any Rangers fan, even people who, who are upset about the, the length of the ban compared to previous bans, nobody's saying they shouldn't be banned. That That's key. I, I haven't met a single Rangers fan 
who felt that the players had been harshly treated by the club or whatever previously because they hadn't. The the, the whole point about this was it, it wasn't an accident. It wasn't uh, it wasn't something that you could just have. And suddenly, I found myself at a party. You know, they they decided to do it. They did know the rules. That's the thing. That there's no way because it had been hammered home. Every player in the Premier League, every player in the lower leagues knows the rules. It had been absolutely hammered home to them. And for me, the worst part, as I mentioned at the time, was that they were going to just walk into training on the Tuesday with it cracking a light. And that, to me, was what was unacceptable because they knew they'd done wrong. Yeah, they had. And I think that that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, I mean, it depends what happens in terms of their future and whatever else goes on. There's been a lot of speculation regarding that. I think we just have to learn to put it behind us. But if I had to look at the positive that we could take out of that particular scenario, it's a stark warning to every other player at the club to say, you've got no idea how much we've dodged a very, very big bullet here. And as you say, I mean, I'm, uh, we can say about, you know, potential infection to the rest of the squad, management staff, the staff themselves, totally understand that. But ultimately, we have to take this seriously. Those two did not. And, you know, they're ultimately going to pay the penalty for that. And I think that that's the lesson that everyone else in the team has to take is you're putting all of this hard work at real sincere jeopardy if you don't follow these rules. And um, well, they, they put the whole, the whole game in Scotland under jeopardy. That, that, that's the point. And that, that was always going to be why the next person who stepped out of, rule, uh, out of line was going to get hammered. Because not only, you know, the SFA need to be seen to be hammering them. Um I, yeah, I think Rangers handled it well. The Rangers got out in front of it the whole way. Rangers were in command of it. It didn't have to be dragged out of them. One of the things I've seen put forward is, you know, daft young boys. And I can maybe come round to that with Edmondson because he has younger... You know, Jones is 26. At what point does the daft boy card stop being... You know, can you be a, you know, a 30-year-old daft boy, a 34-year-old daft boy? In career terms, he's not young. So... I don't know. Yeah, for me, you you hit the nail on the head there, Cammy, when you mentioned something about you know people have have kind of been debating whether they have any chance of of continuing the Rangers career. For me, it will come down to the you know obviously the manager will make a decision, but for me, it will come down to the dressing room reaction because yeah. they're sacrificing, you know, to to do it. We we're all sacrificing, you know, all of us uh, are going through this pandemic, but the players, the rest of them are all sacrificing to try and achieve success. And those two were prepared to risk it. That, I think, might be the key. I think it might be one strike too many for Jones, but whether or not Edmondson has another chance, I don't know. Equally, we do have to remember that neither of these players are first-team players. You know, Neither of these players would be enormous losses. And if the manager was to think, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, those two can go, I, I don't think anybody would 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 complain. Very true, very true. Well, on to some more positive news, and that's uh, outside of uh, of Ibrox, and that is that uh, Rangers on Wednesday were confirmed as having received uh, planning permission from Glasgow City Council and the approval for New Edmondson House. Um, for anyone who's been able to follow it on social media, you'll have seen the kind of eventual uh, demolition of Edmondson House, which is now kind of completely cleared and uh, pretty much just a, a big pile of rubble at the moment. 
Um, but Rangers have had the green light from the City Council to ensure that the new Edmondson House, which is hoping to be opened within the first half of 2022, um, will be going ahead as planned. Um, the, the next stage now is to be able to appoint a main contractor uh, to get everything uh, moving in the, in the right direction. Um, David, this is going to be, I mean, this is really exciting news in terms of uh, a new facility that we can have finally that will get footfall on a match day. Um, it's going to have a fan zone there on particular match days itself. But outside of that, you're going to talk about a multi-purpose conference and con uh, concert venue, plus retail facilities and more importantly, a museum. Thank the Lord. Um, we've seen the, the architect draw-ups and, and, and the, the mock images and stuff. Uh, I think it looks absolutely fantastic to be able to have a venue on our doorstep that can have dinners for 500 people, an audience of 750, can be able to host gigs, which I know will be right up your alley, oh, yeah. um, for up to 1,300 people. Uh, you know, whilst I have absolutely been a huge advocate of a museum for a very, very long time, I've always said, why do we not have something there as a bit of a conference venue that businesses can use, companies can use, um, because of its incredibly accessible links to Glasgow Airport, it makes it a very attractive location. Um, but glad that we're getting through the kind of the red tape now. Uh, but brilliant to see, and I'm I'm really really excited to see the eventual creation of the building and what it's going to turn into. Yeah, I, I think one of the problems that Rangers have had for a number of years is the lack of facilities around Ibrox, because with the exception of of bars, really, um, the, the, there's never been anywhere to go if like me, you're a non-drinker. There's never been anywhere to go. If you were, uh, uh, you know, you had kids, really. So, I think that the the you know the fact that you'll be able to do that 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 to me is excellent. I'd love to be able to go before the match, you know, and and have a a coffee rather than you know be in a bar or whatever. So, uh, that's great. Museum's huge. You know, a club of ours should have a museum. Uh, it's a big part, you know, of of any trip to if you have a city break. I think we've all done where you've gone to the the football club stadium and had a look around. And for Rangers not to have one, given our history, is has always been a bit of a shambles. So I'm delighted to see that happening. The gig venue really intrigues me because Glasgow unfortunately lost a cracking gig venue, the ABC, which was 1500 capacity um, in the lower hall. Uh, in Glasgow at the moment, you've got, well, currently, but obviously things might change with COVID, but you've got places like Tuts that can do, I think it's... Uh, You've got places like uh, the garage that can do six, seven hundred. You've then got the Barrowlands that can do um, eighteen hundred, and then you've got the Academy that can do three thousand, and then you get into you know the SECC and the Hydro. But it's missing this mid-size venue, and it's easy to get to. There's there's SWG three um, as well, but getting to that isn't the best uh, venue in the world. Ibrox is easy from the city centre. You just hop in the underground. Uh, you know, plenty of parking round about there as well. The only thing that, that got raised, somebody said, yeah, but, you know, the fact that Rangers will put people off, it might put, you know, bands from Scotland off. It's not going to put off American, but they, they're not going to care. They'll go where the, the promoter can get them the best deal to make the most money. So there's a real opportunity there for Rangers. And, and yeah, I'm very excited about that. If they get that venue right, it's important to make sure that sound and everything is, is, is correct on it. If they get that right, it could be a really exciting venue. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And hopefully, you and I will play there one day as part of a Heart and Hand live show. That would be that would be nice. Yes, 
Yeah, yeah you're absolutely. very cheap. So yes, we're available for bookings, uh, Rangers. So just make sure that you tell us that. And uh, if you wanted us to open it, you know, I, I dare say that we could make sure that we've got a few punters there. David, just before we go, I just wanted to uh, just cover really quickly um, a story which uh, Rangers have put out, and I was fortunate enough to talk about this on our uh, Patreon site. So please go and check it out, folks. It's patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. If you're not already a subscriber, please go and uh, see them. And um, that was the progressive plans regarding the 150th anniversary. We've obviously talked about Edmondson House. However, a really big one, which is coming up in January, which is the 50th anniversary of the Ibrox disaster. Um, I was able to speak to Greg and Natalie regarding plans that the club had. And they've also looked at being able to get people to please get in touch with the club uh, to talk about uh, any personal connection uh, that they may have. David, I know you get the opportunity to listen to that. I think this is a great opportunity for the club to really just commemorate it in the correct and respectful way, which we know that they will do, but to be able to get people to bring in their own particular stories about, you know, they might have been there, they might have had family members there, they might have been very, very, uh, you know, involved within it in terms of potential losses etc but this is a a great move by the club and and something which I think is very respectful to the the size of the occasion Yeah I'd I'd absolutely encourage anyone who uh, has link to that um, particular occasion to to get in touch with the club because these are the voices that should be heard um, over and above I think any Ranger supporter who was around at that time but you know there are so many lives that were affected by what happened that day and and these are the people who deserve um, first and foremost to have their voice recognised and to have uh, their their loved ones commemorated in in these these, uh, commemorations that are coming up it's you know the darkest day in our club's history and it always will be Uh, the the that no matter what else happens, that will always be the, the darkest day in our club's history. And it needs to be handled and, and treated respectfully. Um, the commemoration needs to incorporate as many, and we understand, all of us, I'm sure that, you know, there are restrictions in place at the moment, but the, apart from, you know, just the physical presence at a service uh, or, or or things along those, those lines, there's still an awful lot of things you can do to help commemorate uh, this and to reach out to the family. So if if your family was in any way affected by it, or, or you know you you have family who have stories dealing with it, then I, I'd absolutely, I, if you want to, of course, I'd absolutely urge you because you you guys are the most important people in these commemorations. The 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 victims, the families of the victims, those in the extended community. But it will be a somber day for every Rangers fan. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and. If anyone feels um, that they can do that and um, would like to be able to contribute their stories, as, as, as David said, the Rangers will absolutely treat this with, with all sensitivity. Um, however, uh, if you'd like to do that, there are three ways that you can do so. Um, there is an email, a dedicated email address, which has been set up, which is always remembered, which is all one word, always remembered at rangers.co.uk. Um, you can write to the club uh, with always remembered Ibrox Stadium 150 Edmondson Drive G51 2XD or there is a phone number which you can call which is 01415808670 and again um, all contact will be treated with sensitivity and discretion if you know of someone who as I say you would like to be able to share that story as David mentioned there please make sure that you encourage them to do so because um, it's incredibly important to, to everyone and 
further um, uh, tribute to the memorial which uh, stands in their honour, which is Ibrox Stadium. David, just before I let you go, um, as I always like to do with my guests on uh, on Extra, give me your um, prediction for Sunday. How do you think it's going to go? I think we'll win 2-0. OK, do you want to give me a further bet for goal scorers? I think if you're putting Tav on any time at this moment, you probably won't get <laughs> won't get great odds. But if if I, I my bet is always Bona Barisic because if we get a free kick out in the left, uh, I think he's always a, a good bet. Connor Goldson's another value bet as well because uh, he's popping up fairly regularly uh, in the, the opposition box. But uh, my my first goal scorer bet always goes on Borna. Okay, perfect. I've maybe got a little bit more exotic again. I'll go 3-0, but keeping the clean sheets has always been important to us at the moment. And uh, yeah, I think that'll be a, a safe bet if it was the case that we hopefully try and keep a clean sheet against Aberdeen. David, thank you much for your time uh, today. Go and enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thank you, mate. Um, and uh, thank you for having me on. If anyone else would like to listen to myself or David or a whole host of other brilliant podders and shows, please uh, have a wee look at our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand. You'll get loads and loads of show, uh, shows every single day and they cover almost every variety of all things Rangers. So please go over and have a check us out. Big thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. Let's uh, get three points on Sunday. Thanks again to everyone for listening and we'll speak to you soon. Podcast Network.